Detective Trask, please. Hiya, John Clute. He didn't take the plane. He cancelled out. Well, I think this man killed Jane McKenna and killed Arlen Page. I think he drowned them. I think you should prepare yourself for the fact that possibly Tom is dead. But the only way I'm going to find out is to find him. All right, fine. I'll notify the board as soon as I get to Chicago. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, a podcast where we typically watch and review a random Christmas episode, but we're in the off-season, so we're taking a little break from the Christmas stuff to uh, further explore some other areas of interest that cropped up while we were recording our first season. But before we get to today's topic, let's check in with my co-host to see how they're doing this winter. John, Brian, how are things? A lot like Santa Chris, we work year-round, but hardest in December. John? Oh, we had a thing to say. Um, cold. It's cold. I live in Wisconsin. Winter sucks. That was John with the weather. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys are surviving the winter. Hasn't been too bad here in Wisconsin, I have to say, uh, especially compared to last year. But we are, you know, there's snow. Oh, you are. Why are you tempted? There's below freezing temperatures. Just because we haven't been bomb cycloned yet doesn't mean it's not coming. Don't tempt this thing. (laughs) Every single time my girlfriend and I have gone to Milwaukee this winter, we have driven in the most beautiful, clear weather and have driven back in the most white-knuckle blizzard conditions that take two hours of trying not to spin out. So is your glass half empty or half full? Does God want you to take more vacations and stay there or B, never take a vacation again? That's a good question, and one I do not have the answer to. I'm always looking for those signs, and I can't interpret this one to save my life. Signs, Maybe signs the snowstorm blizzard is your representation of Catholic guilt. Could be. You had a good time. You shouldn't have. Having a good time. Watching Clute. Yeah, not a Catholic movie. Watching Clute. Not a Catholic film. <laughs> not no, a Catholic movie. No, not not too much. Uh-uh. Although, was, was Donald Sutherland, like, low-key, like, religious because of a small town implication background hard to say i think it's something we can get into i mean i do want to talk as much about tuscarora pennsylvania which is a real place as we as we possibly can but i think we need to do a little more intro into what we're watching today which is the movie clute and you might be like hey why are you guys watching that is it a great movie for february because it's a lovely rom-com between donald sutherland and jane fonda from the 70s in a way kind in of a way kind of kind in, in a, a way, way. in yeah. a way in a way it kind of is but really we're watching it because we came across it while we watched an episode of american dad from the first season of our podcast this past holiday season and i think we we're all just like what is clute we needed to know what clute was if it was good enough for American Dad to, you know, use as a pretty decent joke and plot point, why isn't it good for us? Hey, man, it influenced Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver slaps. What? Yeah, that's like the part, that's the joke in American Dad. Oh. It made Taxi Driver happen. The one thing none of us did that we probably should have, which was go back and watch, rewatch the actual reference. Yeah, I was going to ask, does anybody remember what that was about? I, he runs into uh, the director of Taxi Driver, whose name is slipping me, even though I'm awful and should know that. But he, then he's like, oh, no, wait, it, it had 
No, 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 no. He goes back in time to kill Jane Fonda for doing something on Clute. Yeah, because I think she won an Oscar yeah, she for is, it. She wins Best Actress. And he wanted to, yes, and wanted to stop her from winning that or something, something along those lines. Yeah, wasn't she like a vegetarian or something like that? Or like she ate something? Like, it's real, real hazy. Oh, man, we are just dancing all around it. And that's why I listen to this podcast for those well-researched, on-topic uh, conversations. Hey, man, I watched several videos about Clute. So I know slightly more about it. I watched like Jane Fonda interviews. What? Oh yeah. What did you watch? I watched Jane Fonda get interviewed about it a bunch. And then Oh well, dang. Yeah, that's mostly it, because like every other piece of clute media and I read one article, but a lot of the clute media sucks because it's from the seventies. No, but she like for real fucked Donald Sutherland after this movie. <laughs> Which good for him. I believe it. Yeah. And good yeah. for her. I mean, good yeah. for both of them. They're, they're, I think Donald Sutherland has a reverse bell curve of attractiveness, and it, he has not hit it in this point in his life for this movie. He's kind of a weird dude, but like, I think someone else made a good point. I can't remember who it was, but <laughs> someone. <laughs> just, you're really this, on theme today. Can't I? Can't, just can't you know, remember. You're taking me down avenues of my well of knowledge that is not full of citations. <laughs> uh, but it's like. There's there's this thing about how like leading men in the 70s weren't that attractive. Like you could put a Donald Sutherland as the lead of this movie even though he's not the most the best looking guy or an Elliot Gould and like we've gone so far away from that now with our Leonardo DiCaprio's and Brad Pitt's and etc. Um but like before you could just put guy with that, like a mean mug uh at the lead of your movie and people would be like hell yeah. Two tickets, can, please. Can I argue? Can I argue for a second that Leonardo DiCaprio is not that attractive? He's just—he's just fat sure. now. Cool, which is thank fine. you. He's that's all. I, 40, that's all I had. He's forty-eight. What do you want he's, from him? <laughs> like, yeah, he's gotten a little pudgy. He's—I mean, he's—he's he's legitimately morphing into Jack, Jack Nicholson. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I mean, important point about this, like the seventies movie, is holy fuck can Donald Sutherland act? And I presume like. I don't watch enough 70s movies, but, like, I presume all of them could just really fucking actually act. Like, you're not just putting hot guy number 12 in there and being like, this will work out. Hold on a second. You, you think Donald Sutherland could act in this one? Yeah. I thought he didn't do jack shit. No, it's a subtle it's a subtle performance, yeah. Brian. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, he's... Oh, my God. What? He's, like, contrasting the character yeah. that's emotional. Well... Dig it. We'll, we'll dig into this more. Chris, do the fucking... We'll, we'll, we'll dig it. Synopsis. We'll dig Give into it. Give us a synopsis. Yeah, but, we, we got a but, summary to do. Yes. So we're, we're going we're gonna to do this episode like our, our Christmas episodes uh, where we'll give you a, a brief summary and then we'll, we'll do a little deep dive into talking about it. And so, guys, let's, let's find out what Clute is all about. Let's talk about Clute, which was released in June 25th. 1971 by Warner Brothers, and we're breaking one of our typical tenets here because you can't really stream it anywhere for free, but you can rent it pretty cheaply on Amazon Prime or iTunes for $2.99. With that being said, we're assuming that most of you haven't taken the time to watch it uh, before listening to us, so we're going to tell you a little bit about what happened. 
John Clute, played by Donald Sutherland, is sent to the big city to investigate the disappearance of a family friend, Tom Gruneman. It's discovered that Tom had a proclivity for prostitutes, and Clute is able to track down one of the women Tom spent time with, Bree Daniels, played here by Jane Fonda. She helps Clute track down a series of other prostitutes who may have spent time with Tom, a common thread being that Tom may have beaten the women he spent time with. However, Clute deduces that while Tom was spending time with prostitutes, the person that was getting rough with the girls was someone impersonating him. He suspects the man that hired him, Tom's business partner, Tom Cable, is responsible. Bree fears for her safety is unable to get in touch with Clute or her psychiatrist and seeks safety with a John who likes her company. That man is not at his business though when Bree arrives and Cable confronts her. Things look dire, but Clute finds her in the nick of time and shoots Cable, who then falls out a window to his death. And that's Clute. Well, I mean, yeah. the resolution, too, is that Jane Fonda moves away from the big city to be with John Clute and gives up her old ways and tries to change. Yeah, but I also think that that end... So we get this nice, like... Um, She's packing oh, up her apartment. She, she packs it up, but uh, voice... We get a nice little voiceover from Jane Fonda kind of talking about what she's doing. But it's, you know, it's it's kind of left up in the air a little bit, I think. I think she's leaving now, but it's, you know, it's like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's, uh... I mean, like, I guess, fuck it, let's, let's attack the butt of the movie first. But yeah, like, it ends super open-ended. And it's, like, I think trying to, like, play it, like, it wants you to remember that, like, like, that she's kind of, like, working off her own impulsivity or, like, trying to, like, grow as a person and she's not all the way developed yet. It's a very, like, 70s movies end where it's, like, it doesn't actually end. It just kind of, like, stops. <laughs> where it's, like, what happens now? Stuff. I keep on, keep on being a person. <laughs> like, I'll tell you that. But what do I do? But Jane Fonda does all the acting in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, this is a movie. Sutherland doesn't do Jack. I I don't agree that he doesn't do Jack. I would say the two of them together have an interesting chemistry that carries most of the movie, which is otherwise, I think, for the most part, kind of mediocre. Yeah, I think the movie is the acting more than the, the writing, for sure. Oh, right. Well, the writing of this movie, uh, that being a guy is hired to find his friend's killer, only to find out the guy who hired him is the killer, has been the plot point for procedural television shows for years. And they boiled that down to 42 minutes. A whole hour shorter than Clue. I mean, this movie is two hours long, and my main thought while watching it is... This movie is in no rush to oh. go anywhere, which, <laughs> yeah. which, which, which is, which is okay. Like it, which is fine. But I mean, to your point, Brian, like this movie could have been 80 minutes. Yeah. Right. I think. Well, it, it, the, the, there were a couple of points in the beginning that I liked, but then there is a moment where Clute's talking to Fonda in her apartment for the first time, maybe the second time. I don't know. But, uh, uh, all of a sudden, you kind of get this, like, he stops her and he's like, there's somebody on your roof watching us right now. And I, they kind of go into that, like, uh, that camera view that's supposed to be the point of view uh, shot of the person looking in on the apartment. And I got some really awesome Twin Peak vibes from it. 
that hooked me. I was like, Whoa, what, what is this about? Who is this guy? And like, all of a sudden, like all my questions are firing. And then it like subsided very quickly due to the, you know, the, the, how long this movie runs. (laughs) Yeah. I would, I mean, that scene in the apartment where he likes realizes someone is watching them is one of the highlights of the movie. I think easily, like, it's a very noir. I mean, this is a neo-noir movie. It's it's a very noirish shot. It reminds me, what, you know, one of my favorite movies is The Third Man, and The Third Man, um, you know, one of the the suspects in that is Orson Welles, and a lot of the movie is him in the shadows, looking at um, his friend and his former lover, trying to figure out um, what's going on and where he is. And this reminded me a lot of that, where yeah, you get just glimpses of shadows and hands and feet and people like kind of scurrying off um, when someone realizes they're there. I mean, ultimately this isn't a movie about like what happens in the movie. I know that sounds stupid kind of, but like it's you're following a character developing and like they tell you like right at the beginning, they're unhappy and they like, I've like everything that happens in the plot is just kind of like the means to the end to get her to be like, and then I found a little bit of like happiness and confidence in my life. Cause like, she's like a super depressed character and that's like the point. I think the point of the movie is that growth. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's one of the deceiving things about the movie, which is that it's, it's titled clue like Donald Sutherland gets top billing, but it's it's a movie about Jane Fonda's character. I mean, it's it's Brie Daniels' movie. Like Clute is like someone that encounters her, but there's so like the whole stuff with the psychiatrist was so unexpected for me. Like I never in a million years would have thought like we would be spending this much time with that character. And it it really I don't know, it's just one of these things where you go in with zero expectations and you just kind of let it take you along for the ride. And the ride was good. Yeah. I mean, I like that character. Like and like I think it's kind of awesome that she kind of does a lot of the work. Like the character, especially for its time, like the character isn't just like hanging out. Like the female character isn't like and then John Clute will save me or like solve all my problems and it's like yeah, like he's provides like physical protection or whatever. But like in re- she's kind of like the one who like solves the problems kind of like she's the one who solves the the crimes and like she didn't ask for any of that shit like she just was she was just happy being a prostitute smoking a joint reading an astrology book like well not happy but like she was in her routine and being like numb and content yeah i mean they they paint her as a much more complex character than i think you typically see from what you would expect the stereotype to be which like she's she's not she's not the hooker with the heart of gold. Like she is a very real character. She's someone who is trying to live a different life, but almost has this like compulsion to go, to go back to sex work. And like, that's why she's going to the psychiatrist and like her trying to understand like why she's keeps going back to that is as much a part of the movie as John Clute trying to figure out what happened to his friend. I like his reasoning for taking the case though. Cause that's a very funny scene. They're like, well, what experience do you have? None, but I have ideas. <laughs> I wish I could go into every job interview with that attitude. Yeah. And someone just gives me a bunch of money to do it. And I get to 
bone someone on level of hotness of Fonda. My word. <laughs> well, and I think I think that's a really good illustration of one of the problems that that you had, Brian, is like Donald Sutherland gives a very understated performance here. Like this is absolutely Jane Fonda's show, but like the great thing about Donald Sutherland is he does he does a lot with a little. And so he never overacts. He, he, he is very, he's very restrained in his, you know, emotions where he's giving, but he has like an underlying conviction that you buy into. I feel like he was on ketamine during the whole production. (laughs) I think that was intentional. I think that was the point. (laughs) I think like, right. Well, like he was playing under, I think, Right, I think the reason they call it Clue, it's because it's Jane Fonda's out, right? And, like, he's just this bedrock. And, like, yeah, he's kind of boring, but he's got this, you know, uh, uh, like you said, kind of a conviction underneath the skin that that's just constant and it's steady. Like, he doesn't raise his voice. He's non-judgmental. Uh, by all accounts, he's a good guy, Right. And that's just what she needs. She's she needs that constant to help her get out. Someone who's not looking to screw her over and uh, use her, but uh, see her uh, for what's underneath all that. Uh, that she uh, underneath all of the barriers she's put up to put herself in this numb state of living that suits, you know, kind of her needs. That was one of those tangents that I started out like really strongly, and then I forgot what the hell I was trying to say by the end of it. So, uh, yeah, the, I, take it. Yeah, I did all right. Yeah, it's, you did all right. I didn't stick that. the landing, but I mean, ultimately, it's you get like, it. Yeah, like ultimately, him being a constant is like a constant, a very like steady, and having like like one emotional moment, I guess, through the whole movie is kind of like poignant and to show kind of like. Like, her character constantly has these, like, ups and downs and these, like, wide swings and, like, where they're trying to show that, like, compulsion, not only... I think the compulsion's kind of, like, a red herring-y thing or something to maybe make it more palatable, like, when they, like, re... Like, when they're shooting, like, redid the script. Because I think they just kind of, like, wanted to show kind of, like, a pretty tortured character and then just the character's like, well, I'm just a guy doing a job. Just out here, I'm... I am a lawful good in Dungeons and Dragons, and you're a chaotic neutral person. And, like, you're just, you're fucking all over the place, but god damn it, do I think you're, like, you got some good in you. Like, and I think that's, like, he's just meant to show kind of, like, what the conventional path of, like, society is, and then kind of, like, at a time, like, when there was, I think, like, a bigger question was kind of, like, a woman's role in society, and... Um, especially, like, a woman's role, like, sexually in society and, like, what's acceptable, like, with that and, like, where do we move it? Because we have just, we just spent, like, 10 years for all of, like, its warts having the free love movement where, like, people are slightly more open about sex and by no means where they are 2020. But, like, she's, like, whipping all over the place. She's, like, up and down trying to, like, live this and he's very much, like, a kind of, like, old world, like, old America, like, 1950s, like, good guy. <laughs> Good, nice, tall man. Yeah, and I think he, you know, because the other part of this movie is that it, it's somewhat a fish-out-of-water story, too, right? You have small-town cop comes to the big city, and I think because he plays it so straight, 
like everything around him you get this heightened level not exactly of absurdity but just like out of his element you know um you i think of like the scene where they're you know they're tracking down other prostitutes um that tom gruneman might have interacted with and they go to i can't remember the name of it. it was like mama something but it was that church that was having like a big party with a dj in the middle of the day and like i love the vibe of that scene but you also you know you get donald sutherland coming in there with a suit and like being very out of place the other time was later in the movie where she's not feeling safe in her own apartment and also we totally glazed over this but the wild part of this movie is that like he knows he's going to be in New York for a long time, like doing this case. So somehow gets an apartment in the basement of her apartment building. Her giant, her giant Manhattan apartment. <laughs> yeah, which is still s- somehow a studio. And she's somehow um, probably right control. Somehow mad about living in, even though it fucking rules. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like <laughs> if I had a skylight in my apartment for people to look down on me in, I'd be thrilled. but she goes to to see him because she doesn't feel safe in her apartment and he just like i just thought his pajamas were like of course of course those are the fucking kind of pajamas john clute is wearing like fucking nerd length full length like pajama like full pajama set like full like matching pants and top that is a button-up pajama shirt yeah like of course that's what you're wearing it's, it's contrast right it's clash I like that she, like, asserts a shit ton of power in that scene, too. Or, like, a shit ton of, like, like, are you mad? Like, the are are you mad part is, like, this bitch. This bitch right here. She played him. She manipulated him. (laughs) No, like. And it worked. Well, she wanted him to, like, not feel, because, like, she had. Because, like, I mean, you don't know anyone's backstory include which is, I guess, a failing or a success right. of the movie. Like, you have no idea, like, why she became a prostitute other than, like, a vague idea that she was a failed actress um, or model or, like, trying to be. But, like, yeah, just, like, completely, like, she, like, kind of, like, is vulnerable, gives power away, and then immediately takes it back. Like, kind of shows, like, the erraticness and, like, kind of, like, up and down because she has to destroy when she feels happy. Like, they're trying to show really hard she's depressed. <laughs> Here's my take on it. I think, like, she was approached by Clute, and Clute didn't really waver in front of her. Like, she was trying to jostle him when he first came by, and, like, she didn't get that. She never really kind of got an edge on him. So I think she went down to his place to fuck him to, like, take back some of that power and, like, kind of prove that he's just a man. And she's – and and uh, Clute was – closer to uh other men than she had thought as opposed to this like unbreakable quiet small town tuscarora weirdo he's a fucking nerd yeah he's a nerd (laughs) yeah i absolutely could be i could beat the shit out of him like i refuse to accept him he looked like a nerd in his cop uniform at the beginning of the movie if i if you put me in a room with john clute uh i would i would just work him so badly it would be, it would just be the worst day of his life. He's a nerd. <laughs> he's, but he's just like beating the fuck out of people in this movie on occasion. You're just like, what? Oh my god! What the he fuck? sucker punched. <laughs> sucker punch. Uh, Richard Dreyfus. That's how he got the one up there. Yeah, I, th- I think you really hit it on the head, though. 
Brian is like, I, I think she even talks about that with her psychiatrist when she's talking about like, well, why do you keep going back and do this? It's like, well, I like, she like likes that it's fake. She likes that she has the power. Like, and to what you guys were saying, like she, like she needs to know that she, like, it's almost a way for her to relate to John Clute, you know, because, or for her to trust him that he can succumb to temptation. Right. He does have a, you know, he can have a weakness. And that kind of helps, I think, because after that, their relationship, even though there's some ups and downs throughout the rest of the movie, I think it flows a little bit better from that part forward. Well, she, like, finds her control from being out of control, like, by doing completely out of control actions. Like, kind of, like, this intense impulsivity that she's, like, using to create her illusion of control. It's kind of like a little interesting character piece. Like, she's not, like, she even says, like, I'm not... Like, I'm just doing it because, like, why the fuck wouldn't I, like, phone there? I'm going to go use the phone. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I I think that the whole thing that she calls to ask or pe- has people call her and she can say yes or no, like, no one is assigning her and telling her she needs to go here or there um, to do this. She's She has the control over when and how she does it. I mean, with that said, I would do any job where I get to, like, wake up at noon and smoke joints and fucking read a book like that's that is an (laughs) ideal day (laughs) like oh fuck yeah brother just don't forget hanging out in your apartment in the dark lit by candles smoking that joint just drinking a nice fucking 1970s ass like nickel wine or some shit god the 70s fucking ruled (laughs) (laughs) Just everything everyone wore looked fucking awesome. Except for the guy who was wearing the long <laughs> pants with no shoes. Because that's the international sign of being a pervert, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he need to have glasses? No. Uh, hey, uh, there are quite a few of those in this movie. <laughs> How's it going? Did you see Clute? <laughs> I love... Has Jane Fonda in it? I love the juxtaposition... Very nice. I love the juxtaposition to the... Mo- <laughs> uh, the juxtaposition to the modern... <laughs> kind of modern world in that movie where it's like, the guy's from Chicago and he's going to New York and New York until like the 2000s is like just a horrifying place. And then... And now like yeah. currently every large Midwestern city is infinitely more terrible than New York. And, like, just so much scarier. And he's like, oh, like, how often? And he's, like, this wholesome country boy from Chicago. And it's like, the murder capital? (laughs) (laughs) Well, gotta go where the business is, John. I mean, fuck. I know. Jeez. Do what you can. All right. Well, well, I think we can kind of wrap up on Clute here. I did, before we get to our final judgments, because we are a Christmas podcast, uh, I wanted to ask if there's any way we can possibly contort Clute into being a Christmas movie. Uh, I, I, I went down several Oof. pathways here, and and I came up with no. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's, I would recommend this as holiday viewing it for. It literally happens in summer. <laughs> um. <laughs> and deals with the murder of a lot of prostitutes. It. I think, as much of a nerd he is. I think Donald Sutherland is a summertime Santa who shaved his face. Ooh, Only connection I got. We we do know that Donald Sutherland later in life can really uh, rock the rock the white 
the white beard and and hair based on his right i think peak attractiveness for donald sutherland was the italian job with mark Wahlberg. he's a pretty silver fox in that one yeah right that's that's, kind of like that's not a bad it's not a bad landing spot yeah it's the i'm not saying he's like top peak physical form male the sex appeal you know that goes to michael douglas <laughs> at the same time period not michael douglas now go no <laughs> uh yeah, not bad I, I yeah he does he does i try because I, I did some i googled donald sutherland because i clicked on you know like on amazon the little trivia thing and like i saw that they were oh, like yeah. that they like it's like and they struck up a relationship during this movie and i was like oh that's that's and it's like nice but like it was like the caveat is like an open relationship which is like imagine having those Dumbo fucking ears and being like and hooking up with the hottest lady in the world and being like yeah but I need other women too, and then and like yeah so and I mean like presuming that's how that happened but then I was like so like I had to like I googled him to like I get, there's got to be like he has to be like from a different angle better because like this movie's gorgeously shot but it doesn't like necessarily attempt to make the characters look like fucking babes like modern movies do. And dude, humble, like he gets it together with the beard. He gets it together with the beard. So I get it. I get it a little bit now. Yeah, it makes him look less less like a nerd. <laughs> Hides the Dumbo. He's just got that gangly, nerdy vibe. That's why I got to stab him with the scissors. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I do wish we could have gotten a little more Clute, though. It seemed like we could have gotten some more Clute adventures. I definitely would. Like, I know Clute isn't a Christmas movie, but I would love to see Clute solve a Christmas caper. <laughs> that'll be some fan I, fiction i wrote i wanted someday. this movie to end and maybe if it was like a movie that happened 10 years earlier it could have with him with it just the dumbest possible ending of like and then we moved back to tuscarora and i became a pi with them <laughs> <laughs> no right no 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 it's police chief clute and his uh his meter made wife <laughs> Bree Daniels. <laughs> just just you can't park here <laughs> Just completely. Oh, did anyone love all the words she says? Like the weird fucking selection of words that she goes with. Oh, angel! Like that. Uh, what do you? Oh, what do you yeah, like? Do you want me to watch you tinkle? <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. You want me to step on your chest in high heels? <laughs> are, you, are you from the FBI? Trying to throw me in the brig? <laughs> I would have. I, I could have stood another five minutes of that to hit the two-hour mark. Oh, she calls her apartment. A, how, how do you? <laughs> she calls her apartment. What a, gets you going, huh? Huh? <laughs> do you like dogs? <laughs> oh no. Do you like dogs just drinking water from bowls? That's it. No. That's all I was doing. I was like, I was He's real, watching the dog. Real worried. She also refers to her apartment as a kip, which I think is a sick word. <laughs> <laughs> I think I brought it up. I forgot what episode of the when we were doing the Christmas stuff I brought it up, but like the Dion Waiters thing. Like the the person who's just taking a heat check, like just like fucking overacting like crazy. And like who like wins the heat check award or like whatever. What? So okay, so like Dion Waiters is a basketball player. He is good at basketball, but he thinks he's way better than he is. So like when he was on a team with LeBron James, he would just like keep shooting instead of passing it. So, like, in a movie, that's, like, a person just, like, aggressively overacting. And in this movie, Jane Fonda is, like, taking heat checks just 24-7. She's just pulling up from the logo and chucking it. And then she just makes everything. <laughs> because, like, that scene where she's, like, y- like yelling at him with the, like, the, you want me to walk on your chest in high heels? It's a 
fucking batshit crazy scene and she acts it super weird and it rules. And it just, like, works the whole time. <laughs> like, so much of, like, the psychiatry scene, she's just, like, fucking going after it. And it's just, like, you can, like, maybe take, like, 10% off. And then you're, like, now nah, that actually was great. You're right on. <laughs> she's just keep checking, making it. Give her two Oscars. Yeah, she didn't win that Oscar for nothing. Okay, let's do our final judgments. And for this, I have some special clute categories that we can use. Are we going to call this one a Clute Classic, an Average John, or a Cable Catastrophe? It's pretty average. I'm just going to say average. I'm not going to bring John's name into this. John's more than average. Goddamn right. John is above average. <laughs> I'm an ad- John is above Clute. I'm, I'm an adventure, but... <laughs> John? John? I think, <laughs> take it, John. I think it's a Clute Classic. Just take, I, think, just, mm? I think it's a Clute, a clute Classic. A clute sick. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's. Su- I don't think we talked about it enough, but it's like gorgeously shot, and it's. it's yeah, a very, it is pretty well shot. Really, I mean, it's a movie from the seventies. There were different. We're used to more shit happening in movies nowadays, like for better, and actually, I think wait for worse. I did have the thought for a couple scenes, like, huh, these are some nice long scenes, and then most of the time it was just like, oh, this movie's too long. I think there's something to be said for being understated, like that we didn't have to watch a weird five-minute sex scene between Clute and Bree just to be like, and we paid $10 million so you can see her boobles. Like, like, the movie's really understated. It's The movie's jazz. It's a lot about what it's not doing. It's really good. Watch it. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll go with the Clute classic as well. I mean, I think under... Other circumstances, I I probably would have gone with Average John, but I think it was just fun kind of discovering this movie. You know, just something we'd never heard of before, didn't have any idea of what it was about or how it was going to go, and just being taken along for the ride. You know, and the acting carries it. You know, you have two pretty great leads. Jane Fonda, again, obviously doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but Donald Sutherland, you know, playing off each other very very well and so no one else and and i'm a sucker for a noir i like i like a good noir film so this this definitely falls in that category i was expecting to shit on this movie way more for the sole idea that it was the butt it was a joke from fam or uh american it's dad literally in the criterion collection <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I honestly thought I I have never heard of this movie before in my life. I I definitely was convinced we were gonna rip this movie to shreds, and I was pleasantly surprised. I think like the second we I get like IMDb to like the cover is super interesting and like and then I was like I kind of like looked at it. I was like holy shit, this has like a real high rating. So I probably don't know something, which is how I live my life. I know like four things, sorta. So. <laughs> they're a yeah. good four though they're yeah, a good it's, four it's the ones you want for sure but it's not like it's i'm basically living my life like a, well you know like when you go to a foreign country and you can kind of speak the language that's that. <laughs> you're living by the four things that you can yeah, say yeah it's just what i do baby <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's gonna do it for clute uh, as we mentioned in our previous Christmas cooldown episode, we're releasing bonus episodes every month on the 25th until we get back around to November and launch season two of our Christmas focused episodes. But next time we're going to tackle another movie we discussed pretty, few, 
frequently during the first season of our podcast. John, I'll let you do the honors. You don't want to give him a John clue? No, okay. I did. Oh. I said it was another oh. movie we talked oh. about frequently. Let me let me get my bits in. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh, boy. Here we go. We're going to watch America's Sweetheart, Jeremy Renner, who we hope has gotten adequate mental health. Yes! <laughs> in The Town. Yes! The best, the best oh film from 2009? Ooh, hold on. 2009? That sounds right. Right. Did I get it? Did I get it? No, you're close. 2010. Oh. 2010. Arguably peak John Hamm as well. I mean, I don't know that there is a peak John Hamm. Uh, Ish. <laughs> Fine. I mean, we can we can have you do we you. can have some nuanced John. I'll Hamm. do me. We can have some nuanced John Hamm discussions during the during the town because I think I've stated I think he's the worst part of the movie. <laughs> so yeah, you have stated oh. that, and I would like to uh, I'd like to combat it if I can. You know who the best part of the movie is? Rena. <laughs> Boy, why well, is the Polar Express? We'll still have here? to see. I don't know, man. I I wish I could do something about it. <laughs> it's not Christmas. I can't get on it. It doesn't. I don't want to get on it. It's not even the right guy. It's some other guy. It just pulls up next to your window. All the children come to your side and just like, like, like backing you over, and you're like excited, like it's your time to get on, and they just fucking double freedom rocket you. And just yeah, and like they what? can, they can do it all day long. I don't want to get on right now. I don't want to get Chris. on. Oh, okay. It's on, the Chris. off season. Nothing, nothing exciting happens during the off season at the North Pole. What are you talking about? They're making all the toys. They're finding yeah, out. But I want to. I want to see the action, man. I want to see them getting the shit ready to go for the show. I don't want to see them putting together iPhones. <laughs> Chris doesn't want to. Chris has no interest in technology. Or elves. Hates elves. If you're shorter, if you're shorter than five. Yeah, that was the real surprising yeah. thing about this podcast. Yeah. How much Chris just hates. Hates. If you're shorter than five feet tall, Chris will not even look at you. It's frankly weird. Uh, probably insulting too. Incredibly, I want to yes, incredibly insulting. I'm not, I'm yeah. not Chris going. has I, I'm Chris, not you, going Chris to. has issues. Yeah, and that just shows you how much he hates yeah. else. He will not yes and yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah, it's it really extends into his real life too. Uh, you know, he's it sure does. Yeah, it's a problem for him. God, just, John, do you remember that one moment we had in college? Oh, just. <laughs> Do you remember when we watched? Bad. Do you remember when we had watched the Lord? Do you, Do you remember that moment, Brian? Because yeah, it doesn't sound like you do. I uh, uh, me, hold on, Brian. I do. Yeah, Brian. Uh, do you remember when we watched Lord of the Rings with Chris, and then he, anytime Legolas yeah. would be on, he would just scream, just the entire time. Yeah, that's it. Like just, just a that, yeah, we, that was the moment. That was a weird moment. The RA wrote yeah. him up multiple yeah. times. Yep. That's good job, everybody. Yep. Good, good job, job Brian. Good thing there aren't any elves Th- in the thank town. Thank you, John. That you know of. It's in Boston. It's an Irish yeah. dreamland. It's lucky charms and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, uh, exciting news. We got our first email. Okay. <laughs> Am I canceled? So thanks. Thanks. No, nobody canceled us. Uh, we got an email from Tom M. Thanks for sending in an email. He gave us a couple uh, episode suggestions that we should watch in the future. Um, so thank you for that. We'll definitely take them into consideration as we plan for season two. 
if you have any ideas about what you'd like us to watch, uh, send us an email at you. Uh, yeah, what is it again? Out of practice. Yuletide TV at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Yuletide TV. You can rate, review, subscribe, do all those fun things. Those still work, even though it's not the Christmas season. And, uh, you know, we have a website, YuletideTV.com, but, you know, that doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> Mostly subscribe. Subscribe yeah. is, subscribing is important. Subscribe enough and we'll care about the website. All right? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll figure out something to do with it, right? We need more listeners before we can... <laughs> We'll get actively there. maintain a website. We, we'll we get watched there. a movie well. from 1971 for you. Come on. <laughs> Hit the button. Get yeah. after it. That's like, I mean, this is like almost a 50-year-old movie at this point. Isn't that yes, kind of yeah. crazy? I hadn't even thought about that. Wow. All right. Last take. Cool. John, Jane Fonda still looking good? Hell yeah. 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 Why not? That's... All right, well, until next time, we'll see you in March. I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I have been John since the first episode. Oh. We're glad you're still alive. Always, baby. Every day. We also just got back from a lovely ski trip. We were out visiting Brian in Salt Lake City and had a a great time (laughs) just hitting those slopes. We had such a chance to not do a podcast in the future tense. (laughs) now we're still doing it in the future Uh. i couldn't resist i just i just absolutely couldn't resist (laughs) we have one after this all right yeah all right future from the future